FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast. What's up, everybody? We are back with another week of the Grizzlies Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Barnes. We're here with DeMichael, your Grizzlies beat writer. The season is upon us. It starts this week on Wednesday when the Grizzlies host the New York Knicks. The game will be on ESPN, a nice way to kick off the year. Um, DeMichael, I'm just going to jump into it, man. You, you've watched this team since preseason. Before we get into our, our season thoughts, uh, just kind of what are your last takeaways kind of now as we get ready for when the stats count? Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was an interesting preseason, you know, because – because, you know, you know how that preseason goes. You have the big overreactions for, for better and for worse. You have the overall, oh, they're going to win the championship. Then you have the, we might not make the playoffs. Like, everything in between, everything in between. But, but for me, I think it was a really productive preseason for the Grizzlies. I think the biggest question we all had before preseason was who could step in for Jaron Jackson Jr. at power forward while he's out recovering from his right foot procedure. And Santi Aldama, you know, he left no questions there. We didn't even get to see. You know, we thought, oh, maybe Santi would start one game, then another guy would start the next game, then another guy would probably get his chance. But Santi took it and ran with it. Another player didn't even get an opportunity to start at power forward. So I think that question was answered. And then overall, you know, uh, who fills the Kyle Anderson role, right? That backup guy who can play the three, play the four, and, and those rookies are in position to take that. I think that's a question that we'll get into, you know, later in this in this podcast and talk more about, you know, what we expect from them. But those are the main things that were answered. The question that still is unanswered, and it's another big takeaway for me too, Evan, is the shooting. Uh, the shooting is has not been good from three-point range. And if we all know this was a problem last season. You know, it showed up late in the games against Golden State when we saw, uh, particularly in game six. And, and, you know, I think it was game four as well where the Grizzlies were, were close. They were right there both games. I remember game four, they, they went toe-to-toe with Golden State. And in the last couple minutes, the Warriors went on a run, the Grizzlies went on a drought. Same thing happened in game six. Toe-to-toe for the first three quarters, Grizzlies go to the fourth quarter, go on a drought. Wow. Uh this was because of lack of offensive options, lack of shooting, lack of scoring. And I think those same issues uh, popped up in the preseason. I, I don't know their overall three-point shooting numbers for the entire preseason, but I remember they were shooting 29% from three, Evan, going into the last game. And they shot seven of 32 in that game. That's around 21%. So now they're even lower than that for preseason from three-point range. But that's the biggest question. I think that can determine the ceiling of this team. Defensively, even without Jaron Jackson Jr., I think they'll be fine. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time for the Grizzlies. Obviously, three-point shooting has been the big Achilles heel for years. Um, you know, you're looking at this team now. They're shooting more They're, they're shooting more threes under Taylor Jenkins, but still not hitting them with the um, accuracy that you would like to see a contender shoot. So I think that's going to be curious to kind of see how the Grizzlies – um, develop that because clearly this year um, you're going to need more of that, not just on Desmond Bain's shoulders. Um, but that's interesting. I, I did think Santi Aldama solidified that that four spot, holding it down for Jaron. I thought I had questions. We talked about it on this podcast. I had questions about you know what he, it could he be a good fit, what it means that he's going to be that fit. Um, you know, does it mean the Grizzlies are you know basically 
not you know not pushing all in or they're kind of like you know ease their way in but Santi has really kind of shown that he'll fit into that role um and again all you expect from him is to hold it down you're not expecting him to replace Jaron Jackson you want him to hold it down and I think he showed that he's going to be um he'll be ready for opening day to handle that role so definitely going to keep an eye on that um so what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of just dive right into this like season preview. Uh, which is going to have some fun with it. I, I think we're going to have a little bit of fun here. So you know, we, you know, preseason was preseason, but again, you you can take what you want from that, but the stats don't count. It's all about now that the stats are here, now that the games mean something, they go in the win column. Now let's look into some things that we really think can happen this season. So we're, we're going to play a little bit of a. If you're a fan of a. Pardon interruption. We're going to do a little over-under. We're going to get some predictions. We're going to have some fun with this. So uh, we're going to we'll start with some over-unders here. So, DeMichael, um, I, I wanna, I'll start with you here. So over-under, we'll do uh, win total. Let's uh, say over-under, the Grizzlies win 49.5. Let's go 49.5 win total. That's that's a good number, Evan. You you, you should probably uh, be one of those those bookies. Uh. <laughs> At, at, at FanDuel and, and, and MGM and all those spots, I think I saw FanDuel had the Grizzlies at forty-eight and a half. So you're like, right, ah, you're right on the money. There we go. But uh, forty-nine and a half, I'm I'm gonna slightly take the over. You know, uh, just historically looking at the Western Conference, your top four, top five seeds usually have to win fifty games to be in that range. And quite frankly, that's the range that I expect the Grizzlies to be in. Uh, if you're talking six seed. Uh, in that range, you're usually having a team that's going to win about 46 games, 47. I mean, the West is really strong this year, and it's deep. So winning 50 games is going to be tougher this year than than last season. But the Grizzlies won 56 games last season. I still think the roster is is tough. I mean, they're going to be a tough team to beat for a lot of opponents. So I think 49 and a half, they clear it. Yeah, I think 49 and a half is a good place to start. You said 48.5 was what other sites had. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think that's fair. Let's be honest. The Grizzlies have done a great job exceeding their win total for the past three seasons. Um, I think it's fair to assume there's probably going to be a little bit of a, not drop-off, but just a sense of you can't keep exceeding your expectations four years in a row. Um, but that said, I'm actually going to take the over. I'm, I, think, mm. I, think 50, I think 50 is reasonable. You were, you were trending. It sounded like you were going to go with the under. I, I thought about it, and I said, you know, I, I guess it speaks to how the West is going to be this year. Like, I think yeah. the West is going to be strong. You got the Clippers. You got the Warriors. Um, you got uh, – who's the other two? The Suns, the Nuggets. The Nuggets. Yeah, Nuggets, yep. who I was thinking about, is probably your top three Clippers, Nuns, and Clippers, Nuggets, and Warriors. And the Suns, you know, we'll see what kind of state they're in. Obviously, they've had a very um, – rough time since they were out of the since they got bounced out of the playoffs with a lot of other things going on so we will see but i i think i will take the over i think 50 is a fair number they're not going to exceed 56 i think that was a great run 50 is a lot of wins to get in a regular season just you know for the most part so i think i'll take the over as under as i'll take the over as well and we'll go with 50 is what i think 50 is a fair fair number for them yeah all right Let's do another over-under. This should be a fun one for all you Grizzlies fans who are loving this guy on social media. Kenneth Lofton Jr., a.k.a. Junior Lofton. Junior Lofton. Uh, over-under games played this season, nine and a half. What say you, DeMichael? Over-under nine and a half games this year for Junior Lofton. Let's give some, give some background here. Uh, for for the people who may say nine and a half. Well, he's on a two-way contract, and I believe the games is what is it fifty games, 
you, you, you can't play uh, more than 50 games. It's between 45 and 50. But I believe it's 50 games. Uh, you can't play more than 50 games as a two-way player, and you're not eligible for the playoffs. Mm. I think he clears nine and a half. I'd take it a step further and, and say I think by the end of the season he's on a standard contract. And, you know, I know what comes with that because if he's on a standard contract, somebody's going to lose their spot. That's the way it goes. And I know how how deep the Grizzlies is. I've talked about this time mm-hmm. and time again. Uh, Taylor Jenkins has talked about, you know, their depth just, you know, sometimes they just don't have enough minutes for guys. But Kenneth Lofton Jr., we saw him play one preseason game, just one. Very first game, 17.6 of eight shooting, smooth. We we didn't see another Grizzlies big man play like that. You know, we we saw Santi Aldama make some three-pointers and, and you know, uh, clean up some stuff with offensive rebounds and some transition things. But we saw Kenneth Lofton Jr. get on the block and go to work. It's, it's, it's no one else on this roster doing that, and, and that separates him. You know, when you're one of those fringe roster guys, you say, oh, how can they stand out? Are they a really good shooter? A really good defender. In his case, he's a really good low post back to the basket player, and the Grizzlies don't have that. They have Jaron Jackson Jr., who's capable of facing up, and Stephen Adams. You know, he cleans up on the glass, and he made a couple nice moves in the preseason. I thought with his back to the basket, but those aren't consistent things as part of his game. Whereas Kenneth Lawton Jr., this is every game with him. Uh, he gets on the block, he demands the ball, and he scores. So I'm going to clear nine and a half. Let's let's take it a little further. Now that you mention that, let's set the over under at maybe eleven and a half, DeMichael. Let's say eleven and a half. Will you still take the over after what you just said? I think I need to raise that number a little bit. Do you still <sighs> say eleven and a half? I'll say eleven and a half. You're making it tough now. You're making it tough now. But I'm, I'll, I'll still take the over. You'll take the because over. All right. If I'm saying he's on a standard contract, that means at at some point this season, either uh, you know the depth on the team will be impacted in some type of way. And they'll need to bring him up, or B, he'll just, you know, play so well it, it, down there with the hustle that they won't have a choice. And I, I'm leaning towards B, and you know, it'll be some tough roster decisions have to be made. But I think once that time comes, he could possibly even impact the rotation. We talk about the backup power forward position; it's going to be up in the air. Even when Jaron Jackson Jr. gets back, I don't think it's a given that it's just Santi, you know, in that role. So it's it's. It's a lot of question marks, but I, I, I say he clears, you know, 11 and a half. Quite 11. frankly, the Grizzlies are going to blow out a lot of teams. And 11 and a half. Ooh, ooh, that's an interesting prediction you put at the end of there. Uh, we will see. I like that boldness. We'll come back to some of those bold predictions. I'm taking the under on Junior Lofton, and here's why. Um, I understand that folks on social media love what he brings to the table, and obviously he is a player. He is someone who has a great skill set that obviously reminds people of that great low post player that um, the Grizzlies like. Now, I'm not going to go with the Zach Randolph comparison because I think Zach Randolph at that age was a much more polished player. Yeah. Um, but I think he does present some unique skills. I'm taking the under, and here's why. Okay. The Grizzlies' 10-man rotation is pretty set almost at this point. I mean, you assume Santi's going to get in there. You assume uh, Zaire's going to have a bigger role this yep. season. You assume one of the other rookies, your first draft, your first-round draft picks, you're going to have to play them because obviously you traded up to get uh, Jake LaRavia and David David Roddy, so you at least want to give them some chance to see. Um, I, I just don't know. I, I think Ken Lofton will play. Like He'll play in, in garbage time. I, I don't know how many meaningful games he's going to play just because this is a, <clears throat> a 10-man rotation that is already pretty set. You take away DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson, you're probably going to put two more guys in there. And, oh, by the way, Jaron's going to come back 
at some point, hopefully before December. Um, I don't think we're going to see much of Kenneth Lofton outside of, you know, coming into the end of the game, be providing a spark, showing what he can do. I do think, though, some of those hustle games in South Haven will be fun. I think those are going to be some fun games. He's going to really show what he can do down there. Um, I'm going to take the under just because it's going to be really hard to crack this rotation when, when Jaron gets back, unless injuries come into play. And, and they will. I mean, it's a natural thing. You don't want to just predict, hey, someone's going to get injured, you know, but – Naturally, in the NBA, we've what there's never been a roster where 12 guys stayed healthy the entire NBA season and played 82 games. I don't, I've never seen that happen. So, you know, even if it's just a couple bumps and bruises here, you know, you, you get a sprained ankle, you missed a week, two weeks. Uh, those things happen over the course of an 82 game stretch, and you know, it's a lot of games. The Grizzlies start the season playing three games in four nights, so. You know, you have, you know, those typical days where, where players are going to want to take a couple games off here and there or, you know, those those bruises and things lead to uh, those stretches. So once that happens, I think he's a player that clears room for. But I, I understand your reasoning. I mean, quite frankly, as I just said, he played the first preseason game. He didn't get another minute. Not even when they did yeah. the, the mop-ups, when mm. Kenny Chandler, Vince Williams, and those guys came in at the end of the game. He didn't even get in then. And that, I think, is something people need to think about is that <clears throat> for all the, the excitement and hope about Lofton is mm-hmm. take some note from that preseason. That if he can get in, it seems like the Grizzlies have, you know, they wanted to get their ro- main rotation guys in. So, all right, Junior Lofton, we got that. Let's go with, uh, let's go with another one. So we, we did win total with 49 and a half. Let's go with finish in the West. Um, over, under – and, again, we're going to do this with, with fractions so that way we can get, hit it right away. Over under the Grizzlies finish, Grizz, Grizzlies finish in the West, fifth. Over under fifth in the West. I'm going to say I'm going to take the under again. I, I, You're taking I, the under on that for the Grizzlies. Wait, under means they finish below one, fifth. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to take the over. There then. you go. That's okay. what I figured you would okay. say. All right. There okay, we I'm go. I'm going to take the over. Uh, I think – one of the Grizzlies' big advantages is depth. The Clippers have depth, uh, and the Warriors have depth. The Suns aren't as deep as in past years. I, I think, you know, depends on what they do with this Jay Crowder situation, but that needs to be resolved, and their bench just wasn't good in the playoffs last season. I think that was a big reason why uh, they fell in the second round to the Maps. I believe the Nuggets will be really good. But I think the Grizzlies are right in that conversation. They're in that conversation with the Nuggets, with the Clippers, uh, with the Warriors, with the Suns, and, you know, with the Pelicans and Timberwolves. I think there are a lot of candidates in there, but I feel like they'll they'll nibble their way somewhere in there. Uh, I'm not saying they'll be at a top seed, but the Grizzlies are good enough to, to be in that conversation, and they're deep. I think uh, when you look for who lasts the longest – you know, you're, you're looking at depth because it's hard to predict which teams are going to stay the healthiest. So you kind of want to say, hey, if this team loses this player, this player or that player, can they still be good? We saw the Grizzlies be good without John Morant. We've seen the Grizzlies, you know, play pretty well, I would say, uh, without Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, being a, It's preseason, but the eye test, I think this team still looks uh, pretty good without Jaron Jackson Jr. We've seen them play well in stretches without, you know, a lot of players. Uh, we saw them win a game against the Suns with DeAnthony Melton as your starting point guard and John Conchar as your starting sh- shooting guard. I mean, so with all that being said, I think there is an avenue for this team uh, to to win uh, in spite of injuries and things like that. And I can't say the same thing for, for all those 
top tier Western Conference teams, and and that's probably the the separator where I say I take the over on a five seed four. You might would have had me because I don't know, but I, I'll take it. I'll take the over. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because the West is going to be tougher, and I think one thing about the Grizzlies last year is that. They benefited, and this is not taking it away from the Grizzlies. They did benefit from a few teams not being at full strength with guys missing the whole season. Kawhi being out for the Clippers. Jamal Murray being out for the Nuggets. I think that definitely played a role in the Grizzlies being able to leapfrog some of those teams. Damian Lillard being hurt for Portland, obviously, is another one that I think um, played a role as well. So, for me... And it's tricky because we say over under fifth, like we you know we can't really hit five because five is the you you can't go over five and five. I will say, who this is tough. It's tough. I'm gonna go slight. See, I think I think the Grizzlies finish fifth. I think the Grizzlies finish fifth in the West. So I don't know if I could say over under, but I think I will take the over slightly because there's a chance they can still be a top four team in the West. Um, I don't think they're going to crack the top three. I think the Clippers are going to be better, assuming Kawhi, if he gives you about 60, 65 games. Yeah, and that's a big assumption. Yeah, but that's Mm -hmm. kind of where his level is right now. You get Mm -hmm. 60, 65 out of Kawhi, the the Clippers will take that. Um, I think you you can call that. I think Denver's going to be a lot better with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. if they're healthy, assuming – And that's another assumption. A big, big Mm – I think Jamal Murray will be – I expect more of Jamal Murray than Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. Right, I agree. So I think I will take the Nuggets with that. Um, I think the Warriors will be better because the, not just the depth, but I think that James Wiseman coming back is going to help them a lot yeah. more because, again, a healthy James Wiseman, <laughs> as great as Kevin Looney was, I think James Wiseman it will be a better product will be more productive this year. Um, obviously, he's got to get you know around in shape. But what we saw in the summer league and preseason, I, I he like. He gives it. he gives the Warriors something they haven't had during this entire run. They haven't had a guy who you can just throw it to on the block as a as a six eleven seven foot big man. You know they had KD, but they haven't had a, a a. I mean, we see teams play small against the Warriors so they can switch everything and things like that. That goes out of the window with James Wiseman. That's that's where you know uh, the questions come into play. And he runs the floor so well. That's kind of yeah. what I think the Looney role is. You got a guy who can run the floor, who can spread the floor on occasion. He'll do those great rim runs. He'll be a rim protector. Um, so I think the Warriors, you can preseason say, will be better. And then probably your questions are going to be where, where where the Suns end up. Like how the, how will the Suns factor? And that's probably what I'm looking at. But I will take the over. I think the Grizzlies can be top four in the West, maybe five, but I say for sure. Top four is a pretty good ceiling, so we'll both take the over there. Although I am cautiously saying, if the Grizzlies are predicted fifth somewhere, it's not a bad thing. Uh, let's do one more fun one here, and we'll and this will kind of riff into another thing. Okay. The Grizzlies, let's say over under. The Grizzlies will have one point five players at All Star Weekend this year. At All Star Weekend, Which, so not on All Star Team, but at All Star Weekend. That includes the entire weekend. So that includes the All Star Game, the shootout, the dunk contest, the ooh, I forgot about the the, the rookie sophomore game. That, yeah, that, I didn't. That can ah, here we go. Okay, let's go. Let's actually make that. Let's make it two point five. Okay. Over under the Grizzlies have two point five players at All Star Weekend this year. I'll take the under. I'll take. Uh, I'll comfortably take the under on that one. I. I I firmly believe Ja will be there. Uh-huh. I firmly believe Desmond Bain will be there. Uh-huh. But I I I mean I can't say for sure if one of the rookies uh will be there. Now Zaire Williams, there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Second year of Zaire Williams, I've been one of the biggest, you know, advocates and he's gonna take that jump. 
but it also depends on minutes, how many minutes are going to be available. We saw in the in, when Taylor Jenkins said, you know, the preseason games, the last two preseason games were dress rehearsal uh, games. Zaire Williams didn't play, but we saw Dylan Brooks, we saw Desmond Bain and John Morant each play 32 minutes. And if that's the case in the regular season, minutes are going to be scarce uh, for Zaire Williams. You're talking 20 minutes a game, and I don't know – how much of an opportunity that gives him when you got guys, you know, like like Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, and, you know, all these guys who are getting 30 minutes a, a night. So with that being said, I, I don't expect a Grizzlies player to be in the, the rookie sophomore game. Uh, we don't even know if Jake Laravian and David Roddy are going to be in the rotation yet, uh, let, alone, let alone, you know, be at All-Star weekend. So all things considered, I think Desmond Bain and – Ja, are your are your two? So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under. All right, and I also will take the under. Um, <clears throat> I agree with you. Ja and Desmond Bain will be there in some capacity. Um, I have a prediction about Desmond Bain for that, which we may get to at the end here. Um, I think Ja and Desmond Bain will be there. I don't think Jaron will have enough of an impact when he returns to be there. Um, and I don't think any of the rookies will make it. I I have a feeling this rookie class will be a mystery to see kind of how they fit. Zaire will probably have that breakout year, and I do think Zaire will probably contend for it. But I do think that with this rookie class, it's going to be because because of, of the format, you know, where it's you know, it's rookie. Was it rookies USA versus the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be tough for world spot for you know what fifteen spots between rookies and sophomores. I think it's going to be tricky. So I think two two Grizzlies will represent at All Star Weekend. Um, let's do one more. Over under games played for Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, let's go over under 62. 62 games played. No, no, no. Let's go 55. Let's say 55. Oh, that's a big difference. That's 55. A big difference. Let's go 55. Yeah, I yeah. was I was easily going to take that under. On yeah, yeah. Let, let's go. But... Let's make this a little bit interesting. Let's go 55 over under games played for Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay, let's 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 do some math here because. With Jaron Jackson Jr., you're saying 55. There are, and, eight, and there we, are 82 games. Right. There are 82 games and, in, in the regular season. And as you're looking, we're also going to remind everyone that Jaron Jackson Jr. has played over 58 games one time, one time. in his career. That was last season. And he will be out um, at least for, you know, what's the timetable we have, DeMichael? We have four to six months in uh, July. So right now you're looking at possibly early November to Late December, early January, gotcha, somewhere gotcha. in that stretch, uh-huh. and that's that's a big gap. But again, I I wrote a story last week about you know all things positive in terms of his update and, and his status. Uh, he even was talking about possibly beating the timeline. I don't I don't know if the Grizzlies are going to be big fans of that, but I'm leaning more towards him being close to 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 you know November, early November, mid November, somewhere in that range. I won't say early November. I'll say Mid mid November to late November, and if that's the case, it'll be close. You know, he'll still be available for sixty or so games. But here's what I think will have happen. This was a stress fracture injury, so you know, I talked to the doctor out in L.A. Uh, who's a sports doctor for you know the Lakers, uh, the Kings, and 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 so forth. And he talked to me about the stress fracture injury. And the thing about it is, it comes from over usage. 
So with that being said, when players return from stress fracture injuries, these are the players, when you play three games in four nights, like when the Grizzlies start the season, oh, let's sit him out the second night of the back-to-back or the first night of the back-to-back, or let's limit his minutes and things like that. No one's talking about that yet because it's not a conversation yet. Right now the conversation is when will Jaron be back? The next conversation will be how much will he play because we're talking about a stress fracture foot injury. He's not just going to come back in 20 minutes, 20 minutes, all right, he's good. It's going to be, oh, they have three games in four nights. They have five in, five games in seven days this week. He's got to sit out one. Or he's got to he's got to be, you know, have a minimal impact in that. And because of that, I'm going to take the under. I think he'll be available for 60 or so games. But I think, they'll, you know, they will kind of slowly bring him into the situation. And I think that that'll be the case with, with Jaron Jackson Jr. So you're taking the under that Jaron Jackson Jr. will play fewer than 55 games this season. I'm going with the under. All right. I also will take the under, and unfortunately, it's just the nature of the fact that um, Jaron just has now an injury history. Um, I think Jaron obviously will begin. We'll see how he handle him on back-to-backs. We'll see how his uh, how they how he manages his time when he gets back. But I also think that Jaron Jackson will, you know. I lean toward he will not probably play until December just because the Grizzlies have been cautious. And unless something has changed, I'm concerned about how they're going to bring him back. So I do think um, under 40, under 55 games is pretty fair. But I do will say in those 55 games or less that he plays, he will have an all defensive type impact still, similar to what Draymond Green had last year when he missed that much, you know, missed significant time. So whatever you get from Jaron Jackson, I think will still be all defensive team caliber. It just won't be on the level because of the time that he's going to play. And again, with that stress fracture, yeah. you definitely have to make sure that he is okay because it's not just one of those knee injuries that he's had, like the meniscus or something. A stress fracture is very tough to recover from. So um, I will also take the under as well. All right. Rapid fire. Let's do some quick predictions here. Um, which rookie makes the most impact this season? Biggest impact. I'm going to go with Jake Laravia. I think at the end of the day, he's going to get the first opportunity, more than likely. And you can see the shooting stroke already. Once he starts to make those shots combined with his, his defensive versatility, he's Taylor Jenkins type, type of guy. I think he'll be the guy. All right. I also will take Laravia, although – the most impact is going to be very minimal this year because I don't think yeah, this is a not team. a big role. Right. I think this will be the first time in the Zach Kleiman era since 2019 where a first-round pick doesn't have a strong impact on this team in terms of, you know, rotation, minutes, impact, whatever. They will play, but I just think I don't, I'm don't. i very low on the rookies this year having an impact, but I think LaRavia mm-hmm. La, La mm-hmm. will have that just because he can shoot, but I do wonder – how much of an impact that will be on a very veteran-heavy team, especially yeah. when you talk about how much you're going to rely on Zaire taking the leap. And obviously Dylan Brooks, I think, is going to have you know, a contract year where he's going to have a bigger role. So I, I think it will be LaRavia, but it will be, you know, it's the smallest of a small roles there. Smallest of the small roles for the rookies. All right, one fun one here. Who starts the All-Star? First of all, we agree John Moran will probably make the All-Star game, right? Yep. We agree. That's an easy prediction. Who will start the All-Star game, John Morant or Luka Doncic? Who? Knowing for a fact that we said Steph Curry yeah, probably is going to get yeah, one of those this, spots. This is with the assumption that Stephen Curry will be an All-Star game starter. And if, if you looked at last, last he, he blew away the field. So let's, let's go ahead and throw Steph Curry in there. So now you have one more guard spot. And you have to consider this as well because some people say, oh, Luka could be listed at four, but Kawhi's back. You got LeBron. You got Paul George. 
it's a lot of guys, you know, in that conversation. So you're arguably looking at a spot that comes down to Luca or Ja. That's tough, but I I, I think Luca has a better chance at at, at starting uh, 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 this season. I mean, I, I feel like Ja Morant could have a better season overall, you know. But but we're talking about you know. Luca's, I think his his fanfare and and Jaws both took off last season, but Luca went to the Western Conference Finals. I think getting Christian Wood for him, you know, that's something we're talking about. The Grizzlies just building internally, uh, offensively. I don't know if the Grizzlies have enough weapons to to see us really see a maximized version of John Morant just yet. Whereas Dallas is is putting some shooters around Luca, and they're putting a, a, a couple rim runners. They went and got Javale McGee. When they got Christian Wood, I think those guys will put him in a in a good position to to be able to start uh, that All Star game. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you know was it injury or something last season that kind of that kind of propelled Ja over over Luca in that situation. It was just a popularity contest, Michael. And uh, <laughs> it was just popularity, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's tough either way. You know, it's 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 picking hairs, but uh, Luca started a couple seasons ago, and I, and Ja started last year, so it's probably going to be an alternating thing until Curry falls off. But but I, I'll I'll take Luca right now. Well, I'll wrap this up by saying this: Ja Morant will start the All Star game this year because again, it's the key word is popularity contest. If Ja is healthy and Luca is healthy, and Ja does what he usually does on sports, you know, gets highlights on Sports Center, and the Grizzlies find a way to. Um, maintain and Jai ends up having a great year. I think the All-Star game comes down to ultimately who do most people like, who's most popular. Once you start, I think with Jai's budding uh, personality yeah. and his way, his, his Q rating is rising mm-hmm. up the charts, I think it's going to be a case where he's going to get a lot of votes right away. It won't be a surprise that he starts. It won't be a surprise that him and Luca will go down to the wire again. But I think yep. John Morant will start his second All-Star game this season. So with that, we're going to wrap up and get out of here. It's going to be a fun Grizzly season. Wednesday kicks off against the Knicks at FedEx Forum. DeMichael will be there. I will be there helping out. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned because it's going to be a fun ride. We'll see what happens at year four under uh, the John Morant era. So, for DeMichael, I'm Evan. Thanks for listening. And let's see how the season plays out. The Grizzlies Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.